Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Of course, no Nick again tonight. Nick has missed like three out of four of the last podcasts. The guy misses more podcasts than Kyrie Irving misses home games. But that's okay, because we have a special guest tonight. I sung his praises last week on last week's episode, because like I said, Nets Twitter can be a cruel place, and you appreciate the ones that support you. We have the Podthorn, Eve is on the show tonight. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, yo, man. Thank you for uh, having me. You know, I check out your show from time to time. Uh, I like what you guys do, so it's pretty cool. Before we get started, I've always wondered this. Give me the origin behind Podthorn, the name. Obviously, it's it's a, it's a joke on Rod Thorn. We brought this <laughs> up last week, but I wanted to know the story from you. I, I'll be honest. My, um, my podcast partner, Sam, thought of it. And then I Genius. just did the I just did the graphics for it, and you know, really it's Bam who embodies the name. But uh, because uh, my account has been put on a hiatus by by Twitter for me being naughty, uh, my real account I I, I kind of command the Podthorn account and um, and kind of get labeled Podthorn. But Podthorn is is three guys, and we're kind of expanding with a few other guys because what 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 we're doing is. We're trying to eliminate the group think in Nets Twitter. And in order to do that, you know, you have to be able to, you know, ask hard questions and answer them honestly. And, you know, that that's never popular. No one ever wants to hear the person who tells you the bad stuff. So but we we kind of made a pact to kind of keep each other in check. We don't we don't get uh, agree on everything, but at least we've agreed on, you know what, we're not going to be. Uh, uh soft about it we're going to talk about the team from a real place and i think the, the guys that we have appreciate us talking about them from a real place i respect the hell out of that and i'll tell you why a lot of people on nets twitter don't like to talk about the negative things they like to pretend it's all sunshine and rainbows uh and unfortunately the last two two seasons as exciting and as as hyped as they have been that hasn't been the case. I think we would all agree, right. despite the talent on this roster, we've had a lot more downs than ups, um, despite finishing where we finished last year and, and obviously the, the trials and tribulations we've been through this year. But yeah. I appreciate that. You brought up your podcast partner, Sam. That's Samuel Owacho. I think he's he's one of the hottest guys on that's Twitter right now. Um, I, I, I feel like a lot of his opinions aren't the basic – sort of hey this is what the entire nets did twitter thinks i think that uh i think he he takes a strong approach on some stances especially the Kyrie and harden stuff and you as well on the Podthorn account you know like sam is a lifer net fan and at the same time you know he's a law student at a pretty prestigious law school he's a smart guy and sometimes that doesn't go over well with people when you're a smart guy, you tend to sound a little professorial, but you you need that. You need some credentialed dudes who, who who talk about stuff from a from an academic place, and you need the regular dude. You know what I mean? Like um, even though even though our other partner Bam is pretty successful in life himself, um, you know he's he's more of a like 
meat and potatoes Nets fan. You know, he's he's neurotic, man. Like he's killing me in the group chats every day. But you know, we we wanted that mix. We wanted that group of guys who would look at it from an intelligent point of view, who would kind of tell people the things that uh they need to hear. But at the same time, we're homers too. Like like we're we're on the net side. You the guys are rooting for see. the Nets to be successful despite Cor- being critical of the team. Correct. And where it gets foggy, it's like it's not even like one type of group that doesn't like us. It's the Kyrie stands don't like us. <laughs> the Harden stands don't like us either. Um, um, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, soccer mom Nets fans don't like us. Don't you dare say anything bad about any of our boys, like type of dudes, you know. And and the dudes who like to take pictures with the players, those dudes don't like us either because I'm. I I feel like you represent our city. You represent our our community. And when players don't represent our community in the way that 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 should be our standard, there should be fans that that not stamp their feet and act like babies because I, I don't think I I take those type of approaches either. I, I, I think what I like to do is just have a sober understanding of the way things work. I'm I'm a business person. I've I've built businesses. I, I you know I, I at, at any given point I could have 30 employees in one of my companies. But I understand putting teams together. I understand putting people together. And when you do that you know, you, you, you have, it's a, it's a delicate process and it could be shaken up by one person. So when I talk about these things, I talk about them from those experiences and that understanding. Well, I'll say this. I like your content. I think that you guys put out some real content. So screw everybody else, because my opinion is the only one that matters. On this <laughs> um, Thanks, bro. No, I appreciate it. You brought up James Harden. I was going to say my brother, Nick misses podcasts more than Kevin Durant. Mrs. James Harden. Uh, but no, you've been very vocal in, in the Harden versus Kyrie debate. I don't want to uh, put words in your mouth, but but tell me if I'm, I'm on point here. You know, Nets Twitter is kind of divided, right? You have your Kyrie stands that say it was Harden's fault. Harden gave up on the team. He should have carried them to success despite KD being hurt and Kyrie being out part time. And then you have your, you know, and it's a lot smaller of a number who are Harden supporters who are saying, well, what did you want this guy to do? His his top teammate gets hurt. His other teammate refuses to, to do what it takes to play part-time based on the rules. And this is I'm not saying whether or not Kyrie's right or wrong. I'm saying based on the rules, his decision right. allowed him not to play. So, you know, you have that small number of people that are saying, well, well, guys, Harden came to Brooklyn to be a championship contender. His teammates sort of failed what, what he envisioned, and therefore he decided he was going to at least – speak to the Nets about looking for a better opportunity. And if I'm not mistaken, you are more on the, that Harden side of things than you are on the Kyrie side of things. So I wanted to kind of just get on this podcast, how you felt about that debate uh, yeah. and, and, and who where, where the blame needs to be placed in regards to, you know, what the outcome was and, and where the Nets currently are. I First of all, I'll never be on Harden's side because he's not on my team, right? But I'm not a fool either in, in the sense of, Harden understood that he was making himself a supervillain by leaving. But the urgency and the reason why he left was he looked inside that locker room and said, these guys aren't serious. Now, 
the way you fight that is not by chasing him on Twitter and calling him a bitch. He's not a bitch. You can't say a person who's going to be there March 10th to play you is a bitch. Right. You can't right. say, right? Like, it's tough. Like, like, how could you say he's a coward and when the going got hard, he left? When, when, if the going is so, if the going is so, you know, so, so great at, at Brooklyn, why would he leave? We have to ask ourselves hard questions and, and, and people don't like to do that. They don't, they don't want to believe that possibly in our supposedly superior uh, uh, organization that it may have flaws. And the, and the flaws, I, I, think, I think that argument is dead now. Maybe two weeks ago you could have said, oh, no, he left because it was, he felt like he, he couldn't get an easy ring. Or Listen, there's a way to shut that down. Beat him. You, you understand? If it's not March 10th, catch him in the playoff, eliminate them. And then who looks like a fool, right? That's when you tweet at him. That's when right. you talk That's shit. That's when you talk shit. Right? You don't, you know, you, don't yeah. talk, you don't call him a bitch now. Like, how? He's got to play you. And what so, if he beats up? I, <laughs> I, I completely understand your perspective, and I, I think I agree with a lot of parts of it. I haven't called Harden a bitch on, on Twitter. I have called him a, a quitter. And, you know, part of that is you're emotional, right? When yeah. a player does not want to play for the team that you root for, you take it personally. Like you said, we're a community in Brooklyn. You know, we we value – I mean, we're we're sort of honored to be Brooklyn Nets fans, right? This is a newer franchise. They, they've gained popularity in the last few years. But I've, I've been rocking with them since the New Jersey days. I'm sure you're right. a tenured fan as well. So this is this is something we take pride in. So I think – you know, whether Harden was right or not, I, I think as, as fans, it's, it's hard not to take it personally that he doesn't want to play right. for your team. Um, right. The only and I, I, I agree with with a lot of what but you said. It, yeah. Does it help us? Right. Let's yes. Think, let's let's think about this. If we go into this delusional uh, uh, unhinged rant yes. about him being a quitter and a bitch and, and all these things. Right. Does that help our team get right? Is that it does it. It, 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 it does right? it. You're right. And the players hear that and the players see that and they get bothered by that. You know what I'm saying? I think I think we should hold the players that play for us responsible to us. He made a decision, right? I think he's wrong. I think I think Harden is a fool for leaving Kevin Durant. However, um he didn't agree. He he his belief, and we're about to find out is that Kevin Durant is not given the discipline in that locker room necessary to be serious about winning. He thinks, and he's saying it, he's dropping subliminals every single press conference. He's saying, I came here to play with guys who would be committed to winning. That just means the guys he used to play with in Brooklyn, here. We're not. And we, it doesn't help us to say, no, you're a quitter. Let's find out what that is. Let's identify it. Let's point a finger at it. Let's kill it. Let's exercise it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, why why are we sitting here ranting like idiots for someone who didn't want to be here and instead of thinking about how the fuck do we prove him wrong? and make him end his career with no rings and just be a ringless bitch like Charles Barkley. 
That's what I want. You got to think. You hate you. Listen, you got to think if that's how you're thinking. That's probably how the Nets players are thinking too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I heard I they got a dinner. Yeah, they got a dinner together the night of the trade, or you, you know, this this is a. I think it's it's a huge opportunity for them to come together. Now the right. only issue is they made the trade. You know, obviously Simmons hasn't played yet. KD just got back. They're still losing games. So based on everything you just said, with let's beat them, let's do this. How much faith do you personally have in this Nets team to not only figure it out before the playoffs, but make sure they get it going when the playoffs start? Nah, I mean, look. So we haven't been playing well. Yes. But in, in the last game, I watched it twice. Okay. Two and a half times. Because I wanted okay. I wanted to see some defense that was played on Tatum. Yeah, he's he so, a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Uh but there's things that I saw. I'm not mad about anything that's happening because I really believe all the things that the Nets really needed, Ben Simmons does. I think we got the we I think we lost the better player in the trade, but we got the better return than Philly got. In, in the sense of the look, we we lost Joe Harris for the season. Seth Curry was deadly important for us. Our offense doesn't work without Seth Curry. Then we we always needed a big wing to, to guard big wings. We got Ben. And we didn't have a real center who could play that type of style where, you know, not too effective against Boston, but, you know, there's going to be teams that play a big guy. You might want to perch someone down in the middle, absorb Giannis when he charges in. We, we have that, that dimension now with Andre Drummond. So I... I think that when we acclimate ourselves to, to each other, when we start to really kind of get a game plan, so to speak, uh, and Ben Simmons comes back, he's he's going to be critical to this. I think you can see a Nets team that's better than any Nets team that you've seen. And, and I don't know if you can let me bridge this to uh, the Boston game, but the yep, reason absolutely. I believe that, is in, when watching the Boston game, I'm saying, okay, Tatum was almost unstoppable, but if Ben Simmons is out there, does he get 54? Does he get 45 instead? Like certain guys are unstoppable, right? But if you put six foot ten Ben Simmons, long, athletic, quick, great defender on Tatum instead of Bruce Brown and, and Nick Claxton, you can have a little bit different result. He can maybe contain him a little bit more right also the offense kind of gets stagnant kevin durant kind of calls plays he's and last night he was basically just waving everybody off and just and going iso Kyrie as well um those guys are going to improvise that's fine that's what you bought in kevin durant and Kyrie irving however if you can have a guy like ben simmons recycling the ball to three-point shooters, being a guy who the last three years um, has created the most assists for, for three-point shooters in the NBA, now that guy is playing with two really great shooters in in um, uh, Patty and uh, uh, Seth Curry, and also Kyrie is a pretty knockdown um, catch-and-shoot um, three-point shooter, and he'll be shooting in space. So, so Ben 
also has uh, is a is a reverse stretcher of the floor, in the sense of down down low. If you toss the ball into him in the dunker spot, he's dangerous, and teams have to teams can't hedge the way that they were hedging on 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 every time um, Kevin Durant crossed the the half court line, they doubled him. They went yes. straight straight to him. They doubled him, and then and then they just put their best defender on Kyrie. That's gonna work until you have Ben Simmons and you can and you've got to account for his athleticism in the post. You've got to account for his slashing ability. If Ben Simmons is seeing one on ones, one V one in those half court um uh games, he's going to the basket. You're not stopping him because you still have to hedge with two guys on KD. But like I said, everything that went wrong in that game, and they did score 120 points against the number one defense in the NBA. If you add a little bit of Ben Simmons to it, um, I think they could uh, uh, be revolutionary. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I I really want Ben Simmons to come in and and be that guy you're talking about. Yeah. Can he do that? I mean, we're not even the, the greatest part about Ben Simmons' job is nobody on this team, nobody in the media, no fans, nobody's asking Ben Simmons to score. I mean, eight to twelve a night from him is fine by me, but we're asking him to do those little things—the the rebounding, right. the covering the team's best player, the distributing, like you said, finding guys open for three. Um, we, we're listing a lot of things. Yeah. Like, like there, these are a lot of different tasks. But, he'll he'll have to be faced. But, yeah. but those are the things that Ben Simmons does well. I would say is is a lead at number right. in the last three years in the NBA. He has created more assists for three-point shooters than anyone else. And he hasn't always played with floor spacers. So now imagine with this particular team where these floor floor spacing guys are just going to be shooting in a wide open parking lot that that is the court um, for them. That you saw what the Celtics did. It was like everyone was saying, Aime Udoka is a a genius. He's not a genius. It's Kevin Durant. You right. double Kevin Durant, and then you put Marcus Smart on Kyrie. That that was the game plan. It worked, but it's not. That's not going to work when you have Ben Simmons. Okay, so that that covers the Boston game. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to last Tuesday, if you can remember the second half of a back to back. We played Toronto in Toronto yeah. after getting blown out by them the night before. And we were, I mean, we were pretty much in, in charge of this game in that second and third quarter. We outscored the Raptors 34 to 23 in the second, 30 to 26 in the third. And then they outscore us 28 to 19 in the fourth. We just, we just kind of went cold. Uh, yeah. You know, th- this was a tough game for the Nets. And, and obviously we didn't have a lot of our guys, no Kyrie, no KD in this one. Mm-hmm. But are you worried about the Raptors, you know, as a potential playing game, when you know you're not going to have Kyrie at all, it's going to be KD Simmons and company against Scotty Barnes in a tough young Toronto team. It's such a cruel joke, yo. <laughs> it's it's such a cruel joke. Like if you think about this, you could even have the mandates dropped, and and you'll still see those guys in the first round, and you'll still have to freaking play them without Kyrie. Yep. Yeah, Toronto's the only place he can play. He can't play even if there are no mandates in the United States. He can't, he can't play enter in the country. Yes. <laughs> we lost connection. Um, 
I apologize for that. But in the meantime, he was talking about what a cruel, sick joke it is that we're going to probably play the Raptors in the first round without Kyrie. Um, they're a tough matchup for us. I think if we have KD, he's ready to he's ready to go. We have uh, you know Patty Mills and Seth Curry contribute. I think we can beat the Raptors, do or die. I think we can. Um, but I mean, look, every single matchup in the playoffs is going to be tough until we see this Nets team start to click with Simmons, with Kyrie. If, if the mandates drop, you know, we can see Kyrie a little bit. He wouldn't be able to play in that Raptor series. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of time left between now and the playoffs, but we talked about the Toronto game. That was a tough loss. Scotty Barnes is our kryptonite. If you ask me, uh, we then get into that Miami heat loss. This was KD's return. KD had 31. But the Nets couldn't stop the pick and roll, couldn't stop Tyler Hero, couldn't stop Ben Adebayo. Uh, 30 for Adebayo and 11 rebounds, 21 points for Max Strauss, and Tyler Hero had 27. Uh, they just this was this was a one of those instances of a cohesive unit in the Miami Heat beating up on a team in the Nets that, let's face it, is a, is a big group of talent, but they do not have that cohesiveness yet. They haven't played together enough, so the Heat took advantage of that. That was a team win. Uh, against an assortment of talent in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so, yeah, tough loss for the Nets on the road. I'm sorry. No, this was at home because you did not have Kyrie in this one. Tough loss for the Nets at home. Bruce Brown had a nice game, 21 points for him. Uh, Patty Mills was your only other net in, in double digits with 14. 113-107 was the final in this one. Uh, just got a message from Eve. He says that his whole street lost power. That is why he, he's not here, so I apologize for that. That was really weird. I thought I lost connection. It was him who lost connection. Um, so we're just going to finish the pod without him. But we thank him for coming by. If you want to follow Eve, uh, he's he runs the at Podthorn account on Twitter. Uh, at Podthorn. It's it's a take, a funny, funny take on Rod Thorne, the old Nets general manager. I think he was. The, I think he was the executive vice uh, president of the Nets. I don't think he was the GM of the Nets. I think he was the president of basketball operations. If I'm not mistaken, could be wrong. Um, he just apologized. That's okay. All good. All good. Sorry, I'm one of those people. I talk when I text. I apologize. All right. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about those last three losses: um, Celtics, Heat. And the Raptors, all single-digit losses, all very tough, tough pills to swallow. You now find yourself at, at, as the nine seed in the East. Um, I believe that if the if the Hawks beat the Pistons tonight, if you're listening, they played last night, and the Hawks are up sixty to uh, forty-eight. I think it was the Nets would drop to the ten seed. Um, however, if we beat the Hornets we would be the eighth seed again. So it's close. We're, we're cutting it close. Simmons is not going to be here until after the Sixers game. They're sort of estimating maybe a week after that, that game on Thursday. And that Sixers game is huge too. The uh, That'll be our first matchup against one James Harden, who me and Eve talked about in length on this episode. The last time we played the Sixers, Embiid told us to go the fuck home. He sent us off the court. So that game on Thursday is extremely important. I can't stress enough. Look, we, we got to worry about Charlotte. Take care of business on Tuesday. You haven't won in the last few games. Get a win under KD's belt and then focus uh, on the Sixers on, on that Thursday night. Um, 
The Ben Simmons update, by the way, is that he's going to be on the bench watching that game. He's not going to, he hasn't ramped it up yet. They still have to, to get him going, but nope, not playing, but he will be in the Wells Fargo arena watching that game. So uh, to anybody who thought he, he couldn't be there, I mean, he's going to be there. Um, all right, we're going to end the show. I had these two segments. One is called How to Protect Yourself on Nets Twitter 101. Uh, Eve at Podthorn. Great account on Nets Twitter. Did not know that that he ran it in conjunction with his two podcast hosts, but great account. Uh, so here, here are five ways how to protect yourself on Nets Twitter 101. Number one, alliances. Okay, I just had a fellow member of Nets Twitter on. We've had a ton of people on from Nets Twitter. If, you're, if you think you're pre- prevalent on Nets Twitter and you want to come on the show, shoot me a message. I'm always willing to have anybody on. I, I think that's the greatest thing about this community is, is the more relationships you have, the more connections you make, the more content that you do, the more Nets games you go to, and the more people that you recognize at Nets games, which is always nice. Shout out to, to Keith McPherson, Doug Barrick, Hudson Flynn. Um, these are all, all names of, of people. Chris Mulholland, of course. How can I get Chris? How can I forget Chris? These are all names of people that I've met on Nets Twitter and I've seen at Nets games Shout out Mike Paseglia. We have not seen each other at a Nets game yet, but part of the Nets community. Alliances, number one. Number two, no basic shit. I mean, the basic shit gets really old, and people are going to come at you if you do the basic shit, all right? You know, try to be organic. Try to be original. Yeah, sure, some of the basic shit is okay, but don't necessarily do, you know, here come the, like, here come the Nets every single time they have a game. Just like... Feel it out. Be a little creative. No basic shit. Number three, stand by your opinion and have facts to back it up. You're going to make any claim, whether it's outrageous, whether it's normal, just have facts to back it up. You know, that's all. People respect facts more than narratives and rhetoric. Have facts. Number four, have an edge and don't be spineless. I've learned you got to stand up for yourself on that's Twitter because sometimes even the, the simplest take can be met with hostility and anger. So just have an edge, you know, stick up for yourself. If you feel a certain way, let somebody know. At the end of the day, it's just basketball. So don't don't be a spineless coward like some people. Not going to name names. And number five, be able to step away and not respond. I think this is the key in any social media platform. I'm sort of sounding like like a a helicopter parent or a teacher from a school. But look, I, I get some some hate occasionally I get some people telling me my, my takes are whack, you know, content's not good. Sometimes I'll respond, but other times I'll step away. And with Nets Twitter, it can be very petty out there. So be able to take a step back, breathe for a few hours, come back. Maybe you'll have a clear mind. You'll have some great zinger. All right. That was how to protect yourself on Nets Twitter. One on one. This next segment is called how to fit in on Nets Twitter. One Oh one. You ready? So this is a long list of things. If you want interactions, if you want people to like you, these are the things that you should do. Talk about Nick Claxton's potential. All right. If you're not talking about Nick Claxton potentially being great, your opinion on Nick Claxton is is probably wrong. Uh, Number two, talk about how good the team would be if we were all healthy or, or all vaccinated or all playing. I love that. Love to see that every single night. Well, if the Nets were fully healthy, they'd be dominant. Yeah, of course they would be. They'd be the best team in the East. It's still nice to say. It's still nice to hear. It's still nice to see. Great way to fit in on Nets Twitter. All right, number three, 
Praise Sean Marks for everything he's done, including the Philly trade. You're on Nets Twitter. You want to fit in? Say that Sean Marks is the greatest general manager of all time. That's the way to do it. Number four, emphasize how happy you are Kevin Durant is a net. I know this seems like I'm trolling, but I'm dead serious. Emphasize and literally just write out the tweet. Can't believe Kevin Durant's a net. It's literally guaranteed to get 10 likes, seven retweets, a bunch of comments. It's a good tweet. And I think we all genuinely feel that way every single time we we watch him lace him up, whether we say it or not. This is the closest thing to Nets fans have had to Michael Jordan ever. And and I love Jason Kidd in his prime, but Kevin Durant is, is higher on the all-time list than Jason Kidd. He's the greatest net that has ever played. So, yeah, I think it's okay to, to tweet that every single day if you want. Number, I don't know what number we're on. Respond to every mandate update or Kyrie Irving social post. It's a big thing on Nets Twitter is just whatever your opinion is about Kyrie, if you write about him or a, a, a mandate update, people are going to respond. Vaccination topic and the mandates are, I think, hotter on Nets Twitter than they are on any other professional sports Twitter community. I I just feel that way. I I feel like there's no way this shit gets talked about more than on Nets Twitter. So anytime you see an update on on the mandate eventually being lifted or or Kyrie has some social post, comment on it, like it, retweet it, write something guaranteed to get engagement. Celebrate any and every good game Bruce Brown or Patty Mills have. I mean, people love that. You know, Patty Mills hits eight threes one game. You got to celebrate it. You got to tweet about it. Bruce Brown, 21 points the other night. Let everybody know people love that shit. All right. Blame and credit Nash when we win or lose. Is that really a a, a right rhetoric? I I think around Steve Nash, it's just kind of, if you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. When they win, you don't, you know, you'll say some nice stuff about them. When they lose, you'll kill them. I don't think that there's a wrong opinion on Steve Nash, which makes tweeting about it that much easier because the engagement you're going to get is, is going to probably not be as hate-filled because I, I don't think that there's a right or wrong take on Steve Nash as a head coach. I think there's no way of knowing. Um, and then finally, join multiple spaces. A big part of Nets Twitter is the spaces community. Uh, Jay from BK, Brandon. Uh, I think Nets Kingdom, those guys host a pretty good spaces. Check them out. They're, they're pretty fair in giving everyone a chance to speak. Um, I know Eve's on, on a few spaces as well as his co-host Samuel Acho. Uh, yeah, how to fit on, on Nets Twitter 101. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets, episode 102. Again, I apologize for losing Eve or at Podthorn. He lost power, so uh, – that stunk, but we I appreciate him being on. Again, go follow him on Twitter. One of the most, I would say, you know, I, I mentioned Edge before. I would say he he's one of the most edgish personalities out there in which he's not about groupthink. He's not about the basic how to fit on how to fit in on that's Twitter. He's really he's really tweeting how he feels. And and it might not always be the most popular opinion, but he definitely has 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 uh he has facts and, and a lot of different uh, unique thoughts on on how to back his opinion. So I, I appreciate him coming on. He was great. Um, give us a listen next week, next Monday, same time, live podcasts drop Tuesday morning. Uh, thanks again for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. And as always, K.
catch you on the fireside.